when we say I am, let's say, angry, that makes it really hard to not be angry because the, the word am implies present and future and past. Whereas when you say I feel angry, it's helping already disentangle from the feeling. Oh, that's a feeling. It doesn't affect the fact that I am fine. I am okay. There's this feeling going through me, but it helps ground it. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber. We've been talking a lot on the podcast about the current pandemic and all the ways it might be affecting our kids and how to support and help them through it. But today, my fellow parents in the trenches, it's time to talk about us. I've heard from many of you in the last few months, and I can certainly speak for myself as well, that we need support and help too. So today, I've invited parent coach Cheryl Stoller to the podcast to talk about the idea of getting grounded and reintegrated with ourselves. And as an uncertain and unfamiliar school year looms ahead for most of us and our kids, this seems even more critical to discuss. I invited Cheryl to come onto the show because I love her compassionate approach to mind and body awareness, something she's no doubt gleaned as the mother of three differently wired children herself. In our conversation today, we talk about the surprising ways that the stress of our current situation might manifest, the ABCs of integration and what that means specific ways to reconnect with yourself, and much more. I gained so much from this conversation. I hope that you do too. And just quickly before I get to that, if you get a lot out of Tilt Parenting and would like to make a small monthly contribution to support the production of this podcast, it's really easy to do. Just go to patreon.com slash tiltparenting to sign up. You can sign up to pledge 10, 5, or even just $2 a month. Again, that's patreon.com slash tiltparenting. And now here is my conversation with Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl. Welcome to the podcast. So glad to be here, Debbie. This is perfect timing for this conversation. We, well, we planned it that way, right? Truth be told, yes, we, did. <laughs> we, we had a feeling this was going to be the right time for this. And I'm really looking forward to everything I know that you're, you're going to share. Our conversations in the past have been so insightful and you have a lot of, yeah, just a lot of really good things for us to be thinking about as we enter this back to school time in the pandemic. So before we get into that, I've already read your formal bio, but I would love if you could take a few minutes to just tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you want us to know about who you are in the world and the work that you do. So I'm a parent coach to parents of kids who are more, and it turns out kids who are more um, are often twice exceptional. And I found out about a decade ago that that's who I was coaching. And therefore, I refocus my practice knowing that. And it's really especially intense for us. I have three children, and they're grown, and they're all 2E, each with their own different array of twice exceptionalities. 
And it was a really hard road. And we went to some really hard places and crawled our way out. And so I bring my personal perspective. It's a very personal process for me that I want to be for parents what I needed back then and didn't have. So being the person who has both professional, academic, and personal expertise, to be there with the parents to help them find how to get from where they are to where they want to be within themselves, with their child, for their child, with their co-parent. Um, it's a very life-enhancing process that I am so delighted to be able to do and bring to other parents who are living what I lived. When I think it's always so helpful for those of us who are kind of in the thick of it with, with younger kids. And, you know, I've got now a 16 year old, which still blows my mind a little bit. And many of our listeners have kids who are more in their elementary school ages. And I know it's just so powerful to hear perspective and wisdom from someone who's further down the road and has that bird eye view of what this, this journey looks like. So I'm excited about that and getting to share that with listeners. So let's kind of set the stage. I just want to kind of hear your thoughts about where we are right now. It's such an interesting time. I'm just looking at my social media feeds and my professional relationships and my colleagues, and we are all trying to show up for parents and supporting people who are just really struggling on so many levels. And I think it's important for us to just talk about that, like where we are as parents within the context of everything that's happening right now. And what does that mean for us in terms of our emotional experience, our mental experience, all of those things? Absolutely everything for every single one of us is heightened. I mean, we as parents of 2E in the world of 2E live heightened experiences all the time. And now it's exponentially everywhere, all around us. And not only are the hard things heightened, but our fundamental universal needs, our need for being safe, for being seen, for being soothed, for being secure, those needs are heightened as well. So we are pulling up and facing the past wounds that we have. We're facing the future fears and we're dealing with the present moment. And it's too much. Our system is like, is blowing a fuse. And so it's helping ourselves get to the here now moment to do what it is that we need. There are certain required behaviors that our system has to do to cope with this heightened experience of living. So I have tools, and I know that we'll get to that at the end, but in essence, help yourselves know that you're not alone in this. You are enough. And in this moment, you're okay. And it's, it's only like in the nanosecond that we can sort of buy into, I am okay. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Our brain goes everywhere. It's like, no, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And for me, um, had some childhood stuff where I really felt I was not okay. 
um, with, with loss and just a whole bunch. I mean, everybody has their own history of I'm not okay. Well, all of that gets churned up. So reaching out, what I want to help people know is it is critically important that when we feel alone in the world, that ultimately we are alone. It is the most important time, as is any moment, to reach out for grounding relationships. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. I have upped my reaching out for a therapist because I need it. And it is really important to know I reached out to friends. I had a really hard week last week. It felt like nobody was taking care of the world. There was no adult in charge anywhere. And school was starting, and my clients were really understandably intensely upset. And I was able to be there for them, but I had to do a lot of work behind the scenes to be cleanly, compassionately there as a safe harbor where I was seeing them, where they felt safe, where they felt soothed, where they felt secure, and thereby they were able to then be that for their children. Yeah, so you've already shared so many interesting things in that that I want to circle back to. So one is just this idea of what's happening right now. You said it's stirring things up, it's churning things up. And I I think that that's so true and something that a lot of us aren't really recognizing that there is something about this time in the world, this what we're all experiencing that is bringing up stuff we may not have been thinking about for our, you know, since our childhoods, it's triggering some kind of very primal anxieties in us. Is that what you're seeing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the biggest things that we can do is give ourselves the relief to be really tender and gentle with that part of ourselves. And for some of us, I'm going to talk about a bottom-up versus top-down approach. For some, going cognitive, and, and that may be true for many of our children, the cognitive talking back to those scary parts can help when we're out of our survival mode mechanisms in our system. But for some of us, the way to be able to get out of the past stuff that's been churned up is to help focus on our body and remember it's here now. So whether that's touching and, and patting the edges of your body top to bottom on your side to help your body kind of get back to the here now and know, oh, I'm not that little girl anymore, I'm not that little boy anymore who was afraid and alone in the, or felt afraid and alone in the world or at in danger in the world. Whatever it is that our childhood experience got registered in our body, we get to be really compassionate with it, use our body to help us come back to the here now so that we don't take those past wounds and create future fears just assuming everything's going to continue to be horrible. Mm. It's easy to do. And the way to do that is you get to use our body to help us get grounded back into the here and now. And later we can talk more about details of that. Um, 
so that we can almost use this as a bizarre opportunity. I mean, we did not need this opportunity, but <laughs> it's like too much. It's just too much. Um, but it is an opportunity that all that stuff gets churned up to give us the chance to, to clean it and refile it out of trauma state into a coherent narrative of our, the story and arc of our life. And we got through it. And there was one aspect of when I was young where I felt like in a moment I might have been an orphan. And when my mother actually did die a few years ago, all that stuff came up. And my self-talk was, I'm not that 19-year-old anymore. We don't need my mother the way we needed her then. So her death became an opportunity. And so in other words, the trauma of our current times is an opportunity to remind ourselves we got through that. We don't need the world to be perfect the way we needed it back then. We're here now. There are relationships here now. There are, there are helpers and people behind the scenes that we don't, that don't get the news coverage that will help us know there are people who are helpers who are going to help make this okay. And helping ourselves take that tenderly with compassion. And I have some compassion exercises. Um, awareness, body, and compassion. I'm just sort of going to give the overview. That ABC is really a fantastic sort of framework within which to help our body as well as our mind and our heart get to the point of creating our own safety, being seen by ourselves, being soothed and being secure. And that also includes reaching out for relationships, for co-regulators. So I just have to ask, have you been talking to my therapist? Because <laughs> really, so much of what you just shared. <laughs> I mean, I I have gone back to therapy. I'll just I'm a fan of therapy. That's no surprise. But I've gone back to therapy for the first time in a long time because I really recognized, okay, I need some support, some extra support right now. And that idea of so many of us are doing this work cognitively and we are not connected to the physical experience. We're not connected to our bodies. We're, especially as adults, you know, I think kids are much it's easier in many ways for them to kind of get back into their bodies because it's they're just younger. They have less time of pushing that away. But so I think personally, yeah, I'm saying yes, yes, yes to everything that you're you're sharing here. And I do want to get into the ABCs, but I also just want to circle back on something you said about us recognizing that we are okay. And you said in this nanosecond, because it really has to be sometimes that, that small, that base, because I, I agree with you, you know, right now I'm sitting in my office, I'm talking to you, I'm here, everything's fine in this moment, my life is fine, I'm safe, my child's safe, everything's fine. And, and so I guess part of this work is helping ourselves stay in that space as much as possible and not kind of spin out to the the future what ifs and the unknowns 
And the other thing is this idea that, yes, there are so many opportunities here. And I, as painful as these opportunities may feel in the moment, because I I know I certainly didn't want all the stuff churned up. It was a lot more comfortable without having to kind of address those things um, that I'm currently reflecting on. But I guess, and maybe you can answer this question then, do we have to embrace it as an opportunity? Or is it just important that we do our daily work and trust that there's something that we can learn from this? Yes. (laughs) Sorry, that was a really (laughs) roundabout question. No, because it was an either or. And that either or is not an either or. It's both. It's both ends. And it's in any given moment, it's what is the positive potential of this moment? Now, what's the positive potential of this moment? Forgetting about whether the past one, I felt like I totally exploded on somebody, for example, or I just totally collapsed within myself, whatever it may be, it's in this moment. What's this moment calling for from me? Do I take a step, put a step in front of my the other and clean a dish? Do I take a step in, and put one foot in the front of the other by giving myself the chance to authentic? And I, I also want to bring up authenticity. Authenticity is absolutely critically important. And I don't mean in a way that scares anybody. I mean, in a way of owning and voicing, my energy is really like off the wall right now. I need to figure out a way to take care of it. And I don't want it to to leak onto you. So I'm going to take care of myself. Um, Dealing with the stuff that churns up, there are times where I use what I share with you. And sometimes what I need, one of my my tools helps get to the point of asking my system, what do you need? Sometimes it is to have a complete meltdown cry. Sometimes it is to scream at the top of my lungs. Sometimes it is very often I have taken up drumming, (laughs) drumming with a djembe. um, And it can be lap drumming. You don't have to have a, a drum to do this. And it's a very um, integrated approach to using rhythm because that has been a universal method of helping our nervous systems get equilibrated and know whether we're safe or in danger, having pleasure or pain. So our taking our each moment at a time will give us the answer. We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. 
And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up-level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites, turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60TILT at greenchef.com slash 60TILT. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I want to get to the tools because I think a lot of listeners are, I'm assuming they're where I am like thinking, okay, what do I need to do? Tell me what to do to better integrate, connect this experience to, to be able to show up and be in it, and know that we can weather the storm. So can you walk us through your, I guess, your ABCs? Yes, ABCs. Um, A is for awareness. B is for body. And C is for compassion. And we ABC ourselves first. So that compassion is self-compassion. Awareness is really who we are. Because if we weren't aware of what we see or what we touch or all the five senses, if we weren't aware of each one of them, like if there's a uh, exercise in untethered soul where he has you take one at a time and imagine that you don't have each of them. Are you still alive? Are you still alive? And when you take away all of them, that your awareness of it, it's all there, but you're not aware that it's all there. Are you alive? So ultimately, our awareness of what our system is experiencing in this world is who we are. And our body becomes this tool for us that's sending messages to us, that it's a tool we can use to give out messages. 
And our attuning to ourselves, our bodies, is a phenomenal starting point. So there's something called the first feelings fingerprint. Um, Tobias et al. in his book, Emotionally Intelligent Parents. Notice where in your body is the earliest sign that your system is sensing that there might be danger. So attune to that. Now, some of you might say your shoulders. Some of you might say your jaw. Some of them might say your chest. Um, I want to invite people to attune to their heart to the best degree they can because they've hooked people up to a zillion different things and said, I'm giving you a stimulus, and as soon as you have a reaction, let us know. Before people are aware, conscious, that they have had a reaction, their heart has shifted. The heart is the earliest, and in fact, there are machines that can pick up our electromagnetic heartbeats five miles away. So imagine how strong it is in, in the presence of somebody else in a room. So when we can attune to those earliest shifts in our heart, you can catch, when you catch things early, there's a whole lot less in the pipeline that's going to have to come spill out. If it waits until it's built up, the, the pipeline of, of hormones and emotions is so far gone that even though part of us knows, I remember my mother once saying to me, I knew it, that shouldn't have come out of my mouth, but I couldn't stop it. When we catch and attune to our bodies, are aware of our bodies early, we will save ourselves so much stuff to clean up. That said, it's important to know it's okay to not catch it early, to blow up and to repair, rupture and repair, because we're not perfect. Our kids need to know how to not be perfect because they're not perfect. They're not going to be perfect. So our attuning to our bodies and helping hear its messages. Like I get headaches and my question to my headache is, what am I feeling that I don't want to feel that you're holding back, that you're trying to help me not feel? And usually that question will end up in a flood of tears that's incredibly cleansing. And or I know to help myself shake. So there, our bodies have to discharge. So back to bodies, aware of what our bodies need. Many of our kids, I don't know of those who are listening or, or what your circumstances with, with Asher, but they have these unusual body movements that are actually their bodies taking care of them. It is discharging that emotional energy that is really healthy for letting it pass through them. So ironically, you can join your child in whatever their agitated, the physical response is. And then that does so much. It's soothing because they're not alone. They're seen. They're not being judged. Use our body. Know our body's shaking is it's discharging that energy. Crying is discharging that energy. And one of the, the most powerful things I've been learning in my drumming is to start, give yourself, like even as you listen, put your hand on your chest and do a heartbeat, bound, like heartbeat, heartbeat. 
So you start with a calm rhythm that you're, you're tapping your chest with. And then you like kind of shake and make silly noises, suspend your breath while you make these shaking and or do horse lips. I don't know if you want me to do that on air because I think that would hurt people's ears. <laughs> <laughs> but you do a little bit of that random shaking stuff throughout your body and then come back to the heartbeat. And that's your body telling your system we discharged it and we're okay now. So we get to use our body mm-hmm. in so many ways, cross midline movement. I used to invite one of my children to play ping pong in silence. I didn't say in silence, I'd invite him to play and I'd require zero talking. And I sincerely really was happy with zero because I knew the cross midline movement was good for him no matter what. And every single time this non-talker talked, cross midline movement helps the two sides of the brain open up. It helps the system integrate the, the gentle lifting up and twisting to one side and then lifting up and twisting to another, whether that's in ping pong or it's a conscious, it's a yoga. There's so much in yoga that is so incredibly powerful. And I would invite everybody to notice what your body already does for yourself. Like when I lean my hand, I mean my face on my hand, I'm taking care of myself. And the more I'm conscious of my body doing it, the more powerful and effective it's soothing to my nervous system becomes. It You're already taking care of yourself. Like if while you're listening, everybody, notice what your body's doing, what position, it's trying to take care of you. And when, like I'm right now intertwining my, my fingers, it's like, oh, look at that. I'm kind of doing a cross midline here. And my, I've noticed my fingers touching the pads of the other fingers. It, it's a grounding. My body's doing this like, oh, I am okay. I've got me. So that's a huge part of the body. Another part of the body part is helping it feel ourselves gently hold ourselves. I mean, we can literally hold ourselves. There's a lot of work um, that Peter Levine, as a result of Steve Porges' polyvagal theory, helping literally hold ourselves as a container so it knows it's solid and it's here. And that holding ourselves leads me to the C, the compassion. Sometimes we don't have time to go through the process of like giving a huge chunk of time to this awareness, body, compassion. But what we can do is put one hand on our heart, the other hand over it, and or somewhat crossing, so you've got the cross midline, and saying aloud, I see you. Now, whoever's in your presence might hear you, and that might feel great to them, but I'm talking about talking to ourselves. I see you for compassion. That is a shortcut because sometimes the the compassion um, script that I've used, I mean, there there are different ways to go with it. Uh, Kristin Neff, Susie Lula, there are different ways of of doing these compassion self-talks. I 
find that when I, in the moment, say to my body, thank you for letting me know, in essence, it's so understandable. I'm here for you. I've got this. So that's the in the moment. When I have a little time to myself, that last statement is, what do you need, Cheryl? And that what do you need, it is amazing what will surface. I mean, there was one time the biggest surprise was I thought I was going to need another crying session. <laughs> it was play. And I went out and I, I got art supplies and I play. And having access to things to play, to bring pleasure back into our life, to know there still is those outlets and those, those experiences that are good and that we can actually feel them as good. So once we get to the sense of having had compassion for ourselves, we're back in our heart. And when we're in our own heart for ourselves, taking care of ourselves, not needing our children to be convenient and do what we want them to do because they're experiencing their own experience. But once we're back into our own heart, having been there for ourselves, we are able to then think about doing and helping and guiding our child through what we just did for ourselves. And sometimes when they're in the middle of a of meltdown, thinking about, and I've done this many a time, sending out heart-loving, smooth heart waves to my child that I create this rhythm of love. Sending out my heart waves to them. And remember, a machine can pick them up five miles away. They are strong. So when we consciously say the energy we are going to send out to this person is love. Because remember those things that I said are heightened? Our need for being seen, for being safe, for being soothed, for being secure. Our presence in clean, loving heart energy, that is the most powerful thing we can do for them. It's the most powerful thing we can do for ourselves. I've said a lot here. So those that's my description of ABC. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. 
The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. You know, I wrote about this in Differently Wired. I had a kind of profound experience and the tilt was about recognizing the impact our energy has on our child. And it was that exact thing of really just surrounding a very dysregulated, angry little boy with love. And and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a superpower. And of course, at the time, I thought, cool, I've got this. I just have to do this every time and I'll never have any more tantrums, which is not really how it unfolds because I'm not a superhuman. But that is such a nice reminder. I love the language that you gave us to be in the moment of those situations. And then I wanted to circle back and ask, that question, what do you need that you reflect on later? How do you do that? Or how do you recommend people do that? Is that something you suggest people journal about? Is there kind of a formal way to consider that question? There are many different ways to do it. It literally can be say it aloud to yourself. I mean, the more modalities a system uses, there are more different, different aspects that will get drawn into it. That said, you can only be where you are. You can't, you can only start from where you are. You can't start from a different spot. So whatever you need in that moment is what you do. If it's tacitly saying it to yourself and seeing what floats, if it's saying it aloud, if it is journaling, if you have that as a resource that you're willing to just sort of do one thing and just sort of say, you know, I'm just going to give it a try if you haven't done it before. And or you're finding yourself knowing that it's helpful and resisting it, saying, wow, look at you, listening to what your body needs right now. That's not okay. And being there with that gently, ironically, because you don't, you're not making yourself wrong for not journaling. It opens up the option to journal. So whatever in this, as again, in this nano moment, whatever is going to work for you, there's no one right way. It's truly the attuning 
to yourself. What is your body telling you? What is, what is my body's trying to send me messages? What are they? And how do I help myself unblock the knots that are in the way of the flow of me hearing those messages? And sometimes it is literally as an in-breath through your, the back, like breathing into your back, into the lower back, and letting yourself rise up as you do that, your, your whole core holding yourself higher, and then a gentle twist as you exhale to one side and then do it to the other side. So your body, you're literally twisting out the knots and the blockages and you're opening up space between vertebrae and you're opening up space between different parts of your body that allows for it to flow. So use your body and whether it's writing, whether it's using your voice as using your body, using your body is this phenomenal thing. And if you're an artist, draw. If, if you like doodling, doesn't have to, and everybody is an artist. I also want you to know that you can create feelings that don't look like anything concrete that we could say, oh, that's a this. You get to throw a ball against the wall. You get to go to a corner of a room and press out with your legs and your arms with all your might. There are many ways you can say to yourself, and places you can say to yourself, what do you need? So I love this about the body. I think, you know, and even just thinking that so many of our kids, this is something they do. Like I remember learning from an OT many, many, many years ago that swinging or spinning, these are ways that so many differently wired kids reorganize their brain. And I thought that was so fascinating. And so they instinctively know to do it. My question is, if we're doing these things with our bodies, like, I'm really good at following orders, right? So if Cheryl says, okay, Debbie, this could be really helpful. If you take some deep breaths, and you spin side to side, and go stand against a wall, push, like, I will do all of those things. But does the act of just doing those things help reinforce and help the shifts happen? Or do you have to be mindfully doing those things? Basically, the way I look at it, it creates it, like with gas, there's regular gas, and there's what, what's the next level up high octane, the consciousness superpowers it. So it, it adds to the power of the doing by your watching it. Um, language matters. Um, I know that's not the question, but I do want to just squeeze in here because the consciousness in essence, um, when we say I am, let's say angry, that makes it really hard to not be angry because the, the word am implies present and future and past. Whereas when you say I feel angry, it's helping already dis entangle from the feeling. Oh, that's a feeling. It doesn't affect the fact that I am fine. I am okay. There's this feeling going through me, but it helps ground it. So consciousness of that awareness part of the ABC, yes, absolutely heightens everything and enables us to, as you say, use these marching orders 
Because what it's telling the system is, and I often say this aloud to myself and encourage clients to do the same, look at me taking care of me. Look at me, I've got you, Cheryl. And when I am conscious of, like when I just did that earlier with me noticing that my fingers were interlaced, there was part of my system, oh, look at me taking care of me. And it's the consciousness you're at, it it superpowers it. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And I imagine too, it's building. It, it's like anything we do, right? We're building muscles where it's exactly. cumulative and it becomes maybe a default mode eventually. And I mean, not that we don't have to consciously choose to do it, but it's, it may just become where we go uh, more quickly. Exactly. And we can practice it in little increments of just watch yourself take your next breath. Just notice, take a breath and watch yourself doing it. And that, that was like doing a push-up to build mm-hmm. your arm strength for your awareness muscle. Um, when you try to say, well, you know what, I'm going to do it for five breaths, let's say, and you notice your mind wander. The fact that you noticed your mind wander is actually the doing the push-up because it was your awareness that let you notice. So mind wandering doesn't mean that you're a bad meditator, for example. It's it just that is the practice of noticing. Oh, look at that. Monkey mind. I see you. Okay, let's try to come back. Right. So as a way to kind of wrap up our conversation, knowing that parents are now we're all reengaging in this new learning for most parents, I think it's remote. I know many of us white knuckled our way through it in the spring. And we're really wanting this to be a more positive experience. And we want to show up in a way that is best going to serve our families, support our kids as they are dealing with their own anxieties, fears, worries, stressors. So any kind of last words of wisdom for us as we kind of re-enter education? Yes. It truly is a helping yourself know we can do this. It's not going to be perfect, and I can do this second. I can say, oh, you got your first day of school. And and for many people listening, it might already have started. Like, okay, you know what? We're going to sort of do a kind of a restart and do the things we used to do when we started in terms of if we had had rituals for the first day of school. We do it. And then instead of the kids going off to school, they're going into their the rooms or wherever they're going to get to be online for the remote. Help yourself. This ABC for you and that energy is your superpower. And you're knowing that you are their co-regulator and you, for you to be there the way that it can optimize whatever any given moment for school will be, whether you're talking with your child, whether you're talking with a teacher, whether whomever you're with, you get to get your own co-regulators. So reach out for support, whether it's to a friend, a one you know who can hold space for you while you just sort of disintegrate and like try and tell why the, why the world is impossible and how you, it's, it's, you'll never get out. And that release, say, I hear you, it is that hard. 
you're not alone. I know. Sometimes just saying, I know. Anyway, you resource yourself. Get all the resources you need is my, my key message so that you can look back however many years from now and say, look what I did. I did what I needed to do to come to each nanosecond of a moment to the best that I could in that moment. I did it. So that's my suggestion. I love that. Yes, it's just such an important reminder. And I hope that listeners are are feeling that sense of, you know, community and that we are all in this. And there's so many of us out there who really know what you're going through, who understand the anger, the frustration, all those emotions you might be cycling through. So I hope that this podcast episode helps you feel less alone and that this is a resource as well. And Cheryl, before we say goodbye, could you let listeners know how they can connect with you and learn more about the resources that you offer? Sure. Cheryl with an S, S H E R Y L, at Stoller Parent Coaching is the best way to get in touch with me. You can go to my website, the Stoller, and that's spelled S T O L L E R. And given these circumstances of life, I will do the, the kitschy holler for Stoller. <laughs> um, it's, it's spelt like holler and it sounds like holler, but it's Stoller, Stoller Parent Coaching. And I, We'll be happy to be there for you. This is too hard and too important to do alone. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you shared with us today. The ABCs, the strategies, the language that we can use with ourselves. And um, I have some new tools in my toolbox. So I really appreciate you sharing all of that with us today. Wonderful. It's been wonderful to share it with you, with all of you listening. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Tilt Parenting. Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at tiltparenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note from me, a link to that week's podcast episode, and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.tiltparenting.com. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. 
I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.